Hi, happy release Friday. Sophie Catherine here for the Change in the Narrative podcast. So excited to have you for today's episode, Stephanie's story. Stephanie and I met years ago working as flight attendants, and I was so inspired by her story of strength and determination, and I knew I just had to have her on the podcast, and she agreed. So we went ahead and recorded an episode, and I'm so excited to share her story with you. So let's dive in. Laptop, so it's old. Okay, great. All right, we'll just dive in then. Hi, I'm Sophie Catherine for the Change in the Narrative podcast. I'm so excited to have Stephanie Surreal on my podcast today. Um, she is moving into a whole new field. Um, I think your official title is called Medical Cannabis Scientist. I'm very excited to talk to her about this today. Very cool field. Um, I met Steph years ago when we were working as flight attendants. I never forgot it. We had the most powerful conversation, and she's here to share her story today. Hey, girl, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to see you. <laughs> So good mm-hmm. to see you too. So I'm so interested if you like, just, we could just kind of jump in. I want to hear all about what you're doing now. It sounds so interesting. Absolutely. So yes, I just uh, graduated, got my master's of science in medical cannabis sciences and therapeutics, and I will be getting into product development and research um, and also doing um, consultations for patients with any kind of chronic illness or even even patients just wanting to take control of their daily life and integrating cannabis or other wellness aspects into their lives. That's awesome. It must be so interesting to learn. There's so much about it I don't know because I don't partake too much in it um, just because, you know, there's there's <laughs> aviation has <laughs> rules about things like that, but there's so many health benefits to it. And yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. Um, especially um, with stress and anxiety as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like the, the benefits really, we can go on and on. Like our bodies have something called an endocannabinoid system. And while we have most of like our lives, we've been led to believe that it's our central nervous system, like controlling everything. Yeah. But it's actually, we have what's called an endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system is all throughout our bodies. And we have receptors mainly within our brain, our spinal columns, our skin, our gut, the whole gut tract, all of it. Um, That's like up on all the receptors. So there's two different types of receptors, CB1 and CB2. And we're learning more about other like smaller receptors like that are found within the gut and in the skin. But the research on that is very new. Um, and our body re- creates what's called endocannabinoids. So like through running, um, hiking, jogging, being out in nature, we can create like the a lot of the, the uh, receptors that activate, like the drugs that activate these receptors naturally within our bodies. Okay. However, if you have a chronic illness, if you're going through stress, trauma, just living a capitalism life, yeah. the endocannabinoid system is going to like be attacked and put under stress. And we can support that system through drugs that are found in a plant in nature. Absolutely. That we know as cannabis or hemp. Yeah. Wow. So I guess like, obviously I know a lot about your background, but others don't. So maybe kind of explain how you got into this field altogether. So the way I ended up here, um, like so many people that have ended up in medical cannabis, it's been a very personal journey here. Yeah. Um, I am now a three-time cervical cancer survivor. Wow. Uh, so when I had uh, met you, you were just in remission, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When we had met, so when we had met, that was when I had just been diagnosed the first time. Um, all, I had surgery. So it was great margins. I didn't need chemo nor radiation. I was good to go. And literally weeks after we met, actually, it was, remember that really fun trip we had in Fort Lauderdale? Yes. Yes. So yes. it was honestly <laughs> just fun. a couple, 
<laughs> Wait, actually, it was after the DC trip. I think it was after DC. Yeah, it was after DC. So that trip with you in DC, as fate would have it, you know, I really had so many trips when I look back that were like so soul filling yeah. at that time. You know, yeah. like really pouring my soul with what I was about to need. Right. Um, our our trip really being one of those because that ended up being one of my last trips before, and then I had to go out on medical leave. Yeah. Um, because the diagnosis was that quick. Wow. So, and you saw me, you saw how great I was feeling. You like, were healthy. I was you on top active. of the world. You yeah. were like, like rocking body hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you just looked vibrant and healthy. And I couldn't believe it. I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. I, I, I mean, cause you were like, it's done. I've done all the treatment. I'm like done. We done, we did the surgery. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my so God, like, everything looks great. You know, yeah. ideal outcome for someone my age, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, a few weeks later, I'm in it was Halloween so like we had that DC trip and then it was Halloween um I feel a lump like by my ovary and I was like oh that's strange I wonder if that's like scar tissue or if I'm getting if I have like a blockage or something yeah and so I just paid attention to it and I called like my PCP I went in to see her when I got back from uh because I was out in San Diego um visiting my sister with my daughter for Halloween and so when I got back from that trip I called my PCP and go in to see them right away and it was like, I saw my PCP on a Monday. She sent me for a scan on the Tuesday. By Wednesday, I found out that I'm, metast- well, by that Tuesday afternoon, I'm finding out that I'm metastatic. That next day I'm finding out that not only is it metastatic, but it's incurable with one of the worst like prognoses that you can have with this type of cancer. What, what I, I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around what that must feel like, but what was going through your head at that point? It was like, it didn't feel real. Yeah. Nothing felt real in that moment, right? It's very much as I try to explain to people, it's like you just got pushed into the deep end of a cave. Yeah. And you're trying to tread water while absorbing all of this like information all at the same time of how like your everything that you've known. Oh my God. Has just changed in that moment. Yeah. Um, and like I started treatment immediately. Like they had yep. me treatment immediately. And was um, that like the typical chemo, all the radiation, things of that nature? So yeah, they did. So for my type of cancer, it was so spread, widespread within my abdomen. Um, I had a total of seven tumors throughout my abdomen. And because of that, I was not a candidate for radiation. And you're, you're so young. Like you, mm-hmm. I remember that when I flew with you and you told me all of that, I was like, how is, cause you think it's going to happen like later in life. Like if you're going to get cancer, right. you're going to be older and you right. were so young. And I was like, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And we had even talked about diet too. You're, and I was like, girl, I had been vegan. I have been keto. I've been fat. I'm a fat. I'm like, don't eat any meat. Right. Don't eat sugar. And you're like, I've tried it. Yeah. I was like, I, most of the food that I grew up eating was homegrown Yeah, and homemade. Right. So, um, and so for me, I was like, I can't blame any of that. Right. Because I've always like had the ideal, ideal diet yeah. and all I've always done. I've done everything that you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I still ended up in the worst case scenario. Wow. So for me, a big way, it felt, it felt personal. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was like, oh, this is personal. Like, yeah, like there's a reason you're going like, through this, it. Like there is the a heck? reason. Yeah. Like, the universe is like, hey, Stephanie, you are hard-headed. You're going to get this message one way or the other. And this right. is how we're going to get it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you are honestly one of the most strong. I When I think of you, I think of determination. And I think like also like s- strong, like strength, like the strength that you have had 
that you've gone through because you have a daughter too. And I can't even imagine how hard it has been to go through this, knowing, hearing that, knowing you have, you know, a child, you have all this going on, like you are resilient. I think resilient mm. is the word I want to use for you. Um, Thank you. Because you are like, I can't imagine going through what you did. And you're so, you, you've come out like, it's so, that's why I'm so excited to talk to you because you come out on the other end and now you've got this whole new direction in your life and you're going to help others. So it's so cool to talk about. So, yeah. So you, you started treatment right away. And then that was, that was kind of, I, I remember you posting things about it. So that was quite a process too. So. Yeah. So from November 20, uh, actually I had to write it down because I was going to forget because of how long, <laughs> how long ago and how long I was on treatment for. Yeah. Um, so no, from November 2018 until April 2019, I was on chemo. Wow. And that's yeah. probably just completely depleting your body of all. Oh you know, yeah. Of everything. Yeah. Like, um, and so, but going back to that first chemo treatment. So when you had chemo, you also get like a cocktail of meds to treat the side effects. And that includes opiates and benzos, a nice calm, like one, two punch of opiate benzos. So I followed that, what they gave me for the first weekend, because I had no time to like do anything else. And right. I also had, um, so I had my chemo infusion. And then the day after my chemo infusion, I had a port in, uh, surgically in place, like sur surgically placed. So I also had to have like pain meds for that. Yeah. Um, so I used all the stuff that they wanted me to use. I could not tell you a single thing about that weekend. Mm if my life depended on it. Wow. Because of the dissociative state that you're in, mm. of how disconnected those meds make you feel. Yeah. And like how much it makes you just not care about anything. Right. And you can see why not, people get addicted. Not my life. Yeah. Not my kid. Not nothing. Nothing. And you know, I'm someone that I like, I can just, I enjoy the fruitness of life. I can just enjoy life as it yeah. is. Like I'm yeah. someone that can enjoy the sweetness of life just outside. All I need is sunshine and me existing. And that's all I yeah. need, right? Right. <laughs> so, and even that was gone, right? Like even that was gone. So if you can take that from someone like me, I'm like, man, there, there's no hope for cancer patients if this is what they're giving them. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we talked about the diet thing, but like, I, I listened to a podcast recently where this guy was given like a three month, like life sentence. They're like, you're going to die. He's like, and I called like all the holistic healers. He's like, I, they're like, you need to start chemo. Like that's your best option. He goes, but when I was in the hospital, I was looking at the food that they were feeding people. He's like, sugar feeds cancer. Like it feeds disease and people, they're just getting like cake shoved in their face and pie. And even when I was at the mental hospital for when I had my breakdown, the food that they were feeding us was atrocious. Doesn't nourish you. Not at all. It doesn't nourish you at all. And everyone's stressed. So they're just eating what they can. I mean, I think he gained mm -hmm. 15 pounds in two weeks because I was just like gorging myself and they had me hopped up on all kinds of antipsychotics and all that stuff. So that's why it's so important. This That's why I love having you on because you're going to give us a whole new perspective on cancer on, treatment. Yes, yeah. And like literacy and, and being, you've gone through it. You be an advocate you, for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's needed. It's so needed. Mm -hmm. So after that first week, and I didn't touch the prescription medications, um, the state that I'm in is a fully legal state for adult use and medical use. Yep. So I, and I also happen to be fortunate enough that I live right around the corner from one of the first like medical dispensaries that open. And at this How time, serendipitous. <laughs> right. Truly. And I also happened to, you know, 
well, at that time, they they really focused on um, educating like the bud tenders. And I happened to like team up with the bud tender that day who like when I told him what I was going through and what I needed, he took, he spent 90 minutes with me that day. 90 minutes, like telling me all the different types of terpenes, giving me references about, he was like telling me what to search so that I would have yeah. like a, a good starting point, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. Right. So like even when you tell, tell someone, oh, you got to do your own research, but like, where does that patient even know what term to begin researching for? Exactly. Yeah. So, and um, so I'm still friends with that bartender to this day because he was like, you know, really opened the the door for this for me with the, yeah. the patients and education. Yeah. And from there, I was able to just, I really started diving into research and um, I spent, so I had 21 days between chemo cycles. So I would have chemo, then I'd have 21 days in my next cycle. So all of like that rest of November, I spent it truly just learning anything and everything I could about medical cannabis, like just diving into every like scholarly mm -hmm. research paper I could find, having to define half the words because I'd be like, mm, I know some of those words. I'm a little look that word. Yeah. <laughs> Let me learn to see what that word actually means. <laughs> and so by the time my second cycle came around, I had created a full regimen for myself. Wow. Of where I had I knew like what to be taking in the morning, what to take in the afternoon to like help with appetite, what to take in the evening so that I would be like able to be present with my daughter and like just do mom things, right? Yeah. And just like live a normal life and be present for it without yeah. um being distracted by pain or anxiety or anything. Um to just be there without, yeah. you know, worrying about now everything else. Were you, as well as you were obviously working with cannabis, like figuring out like what to do, you know, as opposed to what they were offering you, were you doing like any type of like meditation or like mindfulness? Like, was that part of your process so, too? Mindfulness is just my way of life. Yeah. So I was raised in a mindful home. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I was raised that. in a mindful <laughs> home with mindful parents, right? Yeah. So, that's one of those things about how um, how I was raised really comes into factor with how well I do with my cancer. Yeah, I was raised in a mindful home. Like my parents um, are like my my parents are still very much in touch with like their indigenous roots, even if that's not the name that they were able to have for it. Like they raised us to be mindful with intention, to understand why we're doing something, to not just do something um, out of reaction, to do something with a purpose, to not. Yeah you know, to make sure it's coming from within, not from an outside influence. That's amazing. Yeah. So you were already, that was ingrained in you from that a young age. That was ingrained age. in me from a young age. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, you know, like when I say that the foundation that I had before I even walked into that doctor's office is the only reason why I'm still here. Well, you know, I know you and I have talked about this before. Like I firmly believe in past lives. I think we know we're, we're going to this life for a mission, for an agreement. So having said that, you obviously no one wants to go through having cervical cancer as many times as you did. But I, you know, I think we do make agreements that we know we're going to go through something to serve right. a purpose, but you were already set up with a really good foundation, a very calm homeostasis where you could actually like move through this with grace and like find a mm -hmm. career path where you're going to help other people, because that's what this podcast is all about. It's about right. bringing people together to, to shift our perspective, to hear new ways of doing things because we're not going to grow if we don't hear nope. different sides of things. Exactly. So, that's really exciting. And it's like, it's such a, when I saw your, your announcement that you had graduated and you were, I was like, I got goosebumps. Like I got <laughs> full body goosebumps. Like when you said status quo, like changing all of these things, like you were using my words. <laughs> I was so excited. Cause I'm like, you are, you're like, 
you are a healer. You are here for a purpose. You didn't go through what you did just for you. It's for others. I think that that's for others. Right. So when, when did you feel that shift? Obviously you've got a lot going on. You're going through all the treatments and stuff, but did you kind of know when you were in your heart, you're eventually going to help people with your story and like what you went Uh, through? So going back to that first night of my diagnosis. Yeah. I knew that moment. Like I knew that. Yeah. In a big way. So, um, when I got home, I literally, I just sat in my room in the darkness. I just sat in the room in darkness with, so I've never been someone that can ever be like, why me? Right. Mm. I've never been someone that's been comfortable with a, why me? Yeah. Cause again, the whole mindfulness, well, why not you? Right. Well, why not you? Mm -hmm. Not only what makes you so special or what makes you think you're not equipped for this? Yep, I hear that. You know, Uh so it was like when I just sat in darkness in my room, like, and I even put my, I think I even put headphones with nothing in because I just needed silence. I needed the full just, yeah, to sit with deprivation. I just need to sit with it and see how I actually felt. Not, not the fear of what is this going to do to my family. Not the fear of oh my gosh, my mother is so upset right now. Not the, you know how one of the hardest parts of my diagnosis was like realizing that I was about to give everyone the worst day of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl, it's I like, can't. it's, it, it was really like, cause I am a very loved person. Yeah. And the amount of people that I realized that I was about to have to break their heart and give them the worst news of their lives. But once I closed the door and I was like, I can't be worrying about anyone else's emotions right now. Where, right. How do I actually feel about this? Right. How do I actually feel about this? Yeah. What am I actually going to do about this? Right. And yeah. it was li- like, some. it was literally like, so one thing I saw, like I saw a man in a headdress walk into a cave. Hmm. And I, and like, he looked back at me and Come in. did the he- head nod into the cave. Yep. And I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I was like, this is my shaman's journey. I was like, yep. it's gonna find it was like it was gonna find me in this life one way or another. It happens to us one way. This like spiritual enlightenment, you know, yeah. for me it was naked behind my building, being taken by a stretcher to the hospital. Like I think we all have these moments where we just know, yep, I have to awaken, I have to accept yeah. this journey to because accept I'm here part, for a right? reason. Even though it's because scary the, as fuck. The double edged sword, the double edged sword of growing up with zero religious indoctrination. Um was that I also had no words or no vocabulary for when I had those big spiritual moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, I didn't really have the vocabulary for that moment in my room. Right. I didn't have the vocabulary to understand like what I was feeling sometimes when yeah. like just this sense of knowing would yep. come over me, you know? So instead of trying to explain that to other people, I just protected my space. I put up yeah. boundaries, you know, yeah. like I put up boundaries. Yes, girl. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about boundaries. <laughs> yeah. As you know, like I hit it publicly for a very long time. Yep. That I was sick because other people's energies, I didn't need to take on their beliefs. Yeah. Of what this diagnosis meant. And whatever that looks like for you, you had to do it. And mm-hmm. it's so weird how when we're sick or we've got something going on, we only, we tend to make it about other people. And it's right. like, you needed to focus on and, your healing. Right. Yep. And in court, and so to avoid me from doing that, I was like, boundary, 
only yep. people that I want to know will know. Yeah. I was like, and I told my mom, I was like, no fucking crying. No one's allowed to cry in my presence. No one's <laughs> I allowed to cry everything. around me. <laughs> if you're, if you go take it, go take it outside, take it in the car. Right. Yeah. I get it. I was like, because yes, I lost my hair and everyone's like all the things that you're used to describing about me, but like, that's a you problem, not me. Like I was fine yeah. with my hair being gone. All right. I had a good ass time with all those wigs. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's like, I've never seen you as like a victim. Like you've never been a victim in your story. You've always been just like a, a survivor, like, but not even, I wouldn't say survivor. Like you're I so act like I'm writing it no matter what's happening. Exactly. I'm like, exactly. it's fine. No, we're not off script. She wrote that in here somewhere. <laughs> See, right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how long before you decided to, to like get, cause I know that you graduated. So like what, like how long was that training? Like when did you go into it? So, um, fast forward, um, once like COVID happens, right? Yep. COVID happens. I'm on maintenance chemo and well, right before COVID happens, I'm on maintenance chemo and I was cleared to come back to work literally the week before COVID happened. Okay. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so the <universe> like, nope, <laughs> no, you're not, you're not gonna, just, you no. have to focus fully not on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so in that time, that gave me time to start thinking, you know what, I would really like to like go back to school and start understanding why did I have so much growth? Yeah. Something so traumatic. Yeah. Why was my experience so different from other like people that go through this? Yeah. Um, you know, you start question, like asking those questions and like, and how, how can I help other people have an experience more like what I had? Yep. Um, and so I started, I started from there. I started with that question. And at first my plan was to go into health psychology. Like I was mm -hmm. going to go into health psychology program. And while I was in the midst of doing research for that, I learned about the University of Maryland's new program where they were doing um, medical cannabis science and therapeutics, uh, advanced degree, the first one in the country to offer an advanced degree in this. Like, and <laughs> I was like, say less. Yep. Say less. Because I truly see cannabis as the bridge between western and holistic medicine yeah i really quickly i just want to interject something when i was out on covid leave it was the first time in my life that i could ever take time off i started microdosing cannabis i literally tapped into memories that i had from childhood that were actually really good memories like it it gave me this nostalgia and yeah. i could almost see myself outside of my relationship at this point because i was in that, a very toxic marriage at the time mm -hmm. and then i started to like microdose and go sea swimming and it unleashed all of this like healing energy and i was like i need to leave this relationship Absolutely. like and if i hadn't had that time during covid leave to have that like i feel like yeah it was horrible it was a pandemic all of us were stressed out but for a lot of us, we kind of had like this, like awakening, like, oh my God, like I have time to sit and think right now. My life needs to change. Yeah. So Doesn't that really... show you how much of, of a, like just traumatized state that everyone is living in? Oh, absolutely. We're just surviving. We're just living. <laughs> just surviving. Like, we're just trying to exist in this reality. Mm -hmm. Everyone's so stressed out, like mental health, like the whole, like there's such a crisis right now. People trying to get in to see therapists or psychiatrists and like everyone's, it's just, it's insane. Like the need for it, but like, that's yeah. why this work is so important and that you listen, but it's like, it's so funny because when you're not in alignment, I think about it, you were trying to go back to work and COVID happened. Mm -hmm. You were kind of forced to like focus on this because yeah. you know, as 
flight attendants, the job can be very distracting. Yes. You know, and so you had this, you kind of were pushed into the space where you had to focus directly on this. And that's so mm-hmm. cool because now your life's moving in a whole new direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, exactly it. Exactly it. Yeah. And um, yeah. So that's, um, that's how I ended up in that program. And when I first got in, I thought that my interest was going to stay in just in education yep. and advocacy. Um, but a, a year into the program, uh, my cancer came back and it was much, you know, much less dire, much less like severe this time. Um, still had to go back on chemo. And this time around, like the chemo barely touched me. Mm. I had I had one month where it was rough because I ended up having a uh, a reaction to my chemo. Okay. And then they had to change the way that they gave it to me so that like I was instead of having so I was on chemo and immunotherapy. Okay. And so I would usually get it just um, both of them at the same time in one long infusion. But I had a reaction to the chemotherapy. So I had to go in one day for immunotherapy and then I'd come back the next day for chemotherapy and the chemotherapy did give it to me over like eight hours because they'd have to give it to me with like antihistamines as well. Um, and then I have to go for a third day to get like this shot on my arm to stimulate my bone marrow so that I don't become neutropenic later. Gotcha. Good times. Yeah. But um, with that said, I was in classes throughout my all, like through all summer. So I went back on chemo in May and had summer courses throughout all of it so I was in school and you are such a badass can I just say that I I can't see anybody but you doing that like yeah I'm just I'm just getting treatments but I'm in class I'm doing like holy shit girl seriously uh, relentless that word like the, the way the way that like being in school and like going to chemo treatments at the same time it allowed me to like create so I created like products for myself yeah to address so I would get mouth sores I'd get really bad mouth sores from chemo the first time around when I did when I had in 2018 and 2019 right and mouth sores they can happen to anyone but so what happens is like you'll get ulcers altering your mouth and on your tongue and it makes it excruciatingly painful to like mm-hmm. chew swallow eat and they take weeks to heal usually because yeah. your healing is so delayed when you're on right. chemo and so usually what would happen is by the time my mouth sores would heal, I'd be back in chemo. I'd have like three days of no mouth sores and then boom, back right back on it. And so that's, you can see why patients lose so much weight while they're going through chemo because of how it can just stack on top of each other with the side effects. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, you're, you're trying to eat, but like, if you've got these sores, you can't, I mean, you probably have no appetite anyway. And that's just like, adding you have no it. appetite. Things taste like metal, like. And then if you happen to chew something the wrong way and slightly like bite your cheek, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Now you're going to have a sore there for like a week or two weeks and that's going to hurt and it's going to make everything hurt. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the side effects that I struggled with the most. So to try to lessen the chances of this happening, I actually like made mouth lozenges for myself based off of like the science that I was reading. Wow. And so when my chemo would start, like I would put these like little frozen mouth lozenges with like manuka honey and THC and CBD and CBG in them and kind of like just rub, like let it melt around my mouth before swallowing it. And it lessened the amount of mouth sores I got. I did get mouth sores once on a flight. So I would, after one of my chemos, I got right on a flight to go visit my dad. And um, on the flight, like I could feel 
the mouth sores forming. Like you can literally feel your tongue starting to expand. Like you can, wow. yeah, like you can just like start feeling it. And I was like, oh man. And I knew it was like from like, I wasn't drinking enough water while I was on the flight and like all the things that was contributing to it. Yeah. So when we land, um, when I got to my dad's, I had CBD isolate there. So just straight CBD, nothing else. And I dipped a Q-tip in it, put it right on like the mouth sore and it was gone the next morning. Wow. Wow. So, Yeah. I think if we can open our minds to a different way of, you know, treating certain things, obviously you needed chemo, you know, like that is like, oh, yeah. even that podcast I listened to, like, they were like, you have to like, but mm-hmm. if you can find different alternatives to what they're, and so that's probably the direction you're going, correct? You're trying to help. Right. That's what, that's what you're going to be doing is like finding new approaches to, to treating people that are going through the process. Like right. Exactly. Yeah. So like, as I described it to a friend of mine, it's like, um, allopathic medicine comes in and it just takes a, you know, blowtorch to everything. Right. It takes a blowtorch to everything. And then holistic medicine wants to come in and start doing permaculture, right? It wants to yeah. get the native, like the native plants back where they belong. It wants to get everything back to like the levels where it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Because there and, is a, like the, the, the science, the things like the, those things serve a purpose. I mean, they, they can help, but like you have to refuel your body. You have to like heal it in a natural way yes. too, because they can work hand in hand. And, you know, obviously it did with you. So, um, what is, what is like the future look like for you? So you're, you've, you've done all this training. So you graduated. So like, what are you looking to build? Like, this is exciting. Cause it's your life is <laughs> well, moving in a whole new the, direction. The start of a new, like of a legacy for me. No, but it will be, it will be. We're going to manifest that. It We're speaking be. it yeah, into existence. The start of a legacy for me. You didn't go because through I, all this shit. No. For nothing girl. <laughs> so yeah, my, um, this last year has really made me realize that I have quite a passion for product development based in evidence-based research. And I'm lucky enough to have met a few different businesses um, in the medical cannabis sphere that would like to work with me in creating some of the products that, um, that I've talked that, about. That ice cube, like that's ingenious. Like that's mm-hmm. like, that's exactly like, and you came up with that on your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what's you- funny is that I came up with that. I actually came up with that before I was back, before I found out that I was going back to treatment. And mm. so when I found out that I was going back to treatment, I was like, oh, I can, I can try that out. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you saw, you know, the shaman in the beginning, like that kind of brought you in. It's like this journey. So I would love to like hear a little bit more about the spiritual aspect of it for you. Like, oh, so yeah, full circle with that. Um, yeah. So I had a time between September, 2020 until April, 2022, where I was off of treatment altogether and just fully no evidence of disease. And August, uh, no, September, 2020, I ended up meeting that my chief in real life. I ended up meeting my cacique, my chief. Okay. So, um, all of the spiritual things. So August of 2020, right before I went, I had my chemo holiday, a bunch of like spiritual things started happening where I was having like very, very vivid dreams. And one, I was walking into my grandfather used to own a restaurant in Brooklyn. Yep. And called Suriel's restaurant. And I was walking to the restaurant and there was two men in regalia, like, so in a headdress sitting outside the restaurant. And as I was walking in, I thought he said to me, Boricua. And I said, no, I'm Dominican. He goes, I didn't say Boricua. I said, Bajique. And I didn't know what that word meant. Mm. Um, and so I looked it up the next morning when I woke up and learned that it was a ta- the Taino word for shaman or medicine keeper. And then I ended up buying this book or actually I ended up receiving a book as a gift called the altar within or 
a book by Julia Diaz. Okay. But anyways, right when you open it up, the first thing that she says in there is that she's a bahike with a wow. uh, with a Taino tribe, right? Yes, girl. <laughs> and so I sent her a message on Instagram because of just because of what had happened. Yeah, and yeah. She's, and I'm like, no, but the um, and then so she sends me a link to like the tribe that she's a part of, and sure enough, the cacique of her tribe was the the one that I saw in my vision and in my dream. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that though that I I've had moments like that too, where it's just like everything's connected and you're like, yeah, like, like when I said I woke up at three thirty three a.m. and I was like I'm gonna start a podcast called Changing the Narrative. Like I wasn't trying to yeah. think of a name. <laughs> I was like, and then I put it off for ten months because I was like I don't want to do that because we ignore our intuition. All we, we love do it. and our don't guides. We? Like I, for me, I call them my my divine guides. Like I feel like I have commune with them a lot and they lead me through life and. I went through an ascension process initially. That's what I call it. Like I had like a Kundalini awakening. Yeah. You it's really pretty, did. You really yeah, did. It's, it's similar though. Like, you know, you had like that, that same kind of time too. It's like, we can all call it different things, but when you feel connected to a higher consciousness and you're going through mm-hmm. and that's like, and honestly, Sophie, like when I was listening to your story, I was wondering, right. So like, um, in my life, anytime, all those like mystical moments, like with dreams or visions or stuff, it was always encouraged, right? Yeah. So it was very easy for me to stay grounded in reality while understanding what was going on. Yeah. And, and as I was listening to your story, I couldn't help but wonder how differently that experience could have been for you. Yeah, I know. You know, had you had yeah. people that were more familiar. Yeah. You know, that had I could you have just, talked to. That you could have yeah. talked to. Had, had our past even had just crossed at that time, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I could have really been able to see and help ground you in, their, in that moment. But I feel like we meet people when we're supposed to. Absolutely. And then we come back together when we're supposed As to. As supposed to, yeah. And I don't feel like I'm going to be a flight attendant forever. I do feel like that's phasing out of my reality. But I love this job because I have met souls like you. And Oh, yes. It, it, it's, it's like one of you, the best jobs for like really allowing people to be their truest self. Absolutely. So you're creating, so you, so you, I guess what I'm asking is you're going to be, you want to do integrate like wellness consults. Like you want to do. Yeah. So um, I also offer uh, so this kind of just uh, happened on its own, right? People getting recommended to me word of mouth from yeah. knowing, like just knowing me from the past. Um, and I've just decided to turn it into a business, just doing integrative wellness consults for, especially for people living with any type of chronic or terminal illnesses yeah. or anyone trying to take more control of their lives, whatever that is. Like, I'm curious if you use shrooms at all either. Like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, yeah. that's something yeah. that I'm very, very pro. Um, yeah, I'm very pro microdosing. It's been, I believe it's been imperative to me having post-traumatic growth versus yeah. post-traumatic trauma. For me with shrooms, I feel like what it does is it just kind of like takes out the white noise and I can really focus on my thoughts and my intuition because we live in such a distracting phones and everything. Like when I'm on shrooms, like I'm like, wow, I'm really connected. I'm so tuned in. Yeah. Um, I think if we can see these things, like these psychedelics, these, these, these are actually like going to help us in the future. Like these aren't, these aren't bad things. Yeah, yeah we're coming out of the dark ages right now, you know, like, so maybe like, not for you, but like, all of this was stigmatized for me when I was young, mm-hmm, like, it was right, bad, it was Satan, right. basically. But I think it's because nobody, like, if you if you're in this mindset where all these things are bad, you're you're limited. Because right, what really right, happens is right. you start to like tap into other power, you realize exactly. how powerful and, and like intuitive you are, when you mm-hmm. allow yourself to like, so I think that's why a lot of and people it's really don't. hard to control people that realize how powerful they are. 
Yes, it totally is. Yeah. So, <laughs> it is really, it doesn't benefit any type of controlling establishment to have people realize just how innately powerful they are within themselves. And that's why you're here. Like you're here to change the narrative when it comes to the kind of drugs that people take when they're on chemo. Like you're going to, you're going to be in the forefront of all of this. And that's so exciting. That's my dream right there. Yeah. It's, well, like if I could it's really going to be change, a reality. <laughs> yeah. I'm I want to change the, like the cancer patient experience from like diagnosis through survivorship because Absolutely. like, never mind that it's already an extremely traumatizing experience to begin with, but all the, just the whole process makes it more traumatizing. Yeah. And like, as there is really no true way for a patient to be giving informed consent. Right. When they're traumatized. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but I've really enjoyed having this conversation with this you. As <laughs> always, it's freaking amazing. And I always leave talk. I get like, you're so strong when I talk to you. I just get like all this strong energy, like just flowing through me. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question before we go. I usually try to end my podcast episode with two questions. Um, what is your favorite quote? My cancer is chronic, but my ass is iconic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. It's actually never ascribed to malice that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Wow. And if you could go back in time and change one thing, would you? And if you did, what would that one thing be? Oh, I'm going way back. <laughs> I'm going way back. I'm going way back to 1490 and I'm Columbus. <laughs> okay. Hey. Columbus. <laughs> Matriarchal society for everyone. You know, actually, Amanda, when I had her on, she was, she said something very similar <laughs> to you. She said for, for me personally, or for like all of humanity, you know, for like, all of humanity, it's, it's that I'm choosing that. I'd right love to have seen what like today's society would have been had the golden age of the Moors met like the advanced civilization of the Aztecs without <laughs> the interference of the effing church. <laughs> I hear you, girl. Do you imagine? You. Oh my God. All right. Well, where can people find you, Steph? Uh, you can find me at my website, stephaniesuriel.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As Thanks always, I knew it was going to be amazing. <laughs> literally go down the rabbit hole for like an hour, but unfortunately. You know what? We can do happen. several of these if you want. <laughs> Thanks so much, girl, for coming. Thanks Take for care. having Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I hope you gained some encouragement or some enlightenment or just walk away leaving inspired from the conversation that I had with Stephanie. I know for me, it was really eye-opening to learn about an industry that I wasn't super familiar with. If you like listening to my podcast and you'd like to get updates on when I post new episodes, you can subscribe or follow me on whatever platform you listen. You can also find me on Instagram at changingthenarrative underscore podcast. If you'd like to be on the podcast, feel free to shoot me a DM. I'd love to connect with you. And as always, folks, it really does help if you give me a five-star rating in whatever app you listen to. It helps me reach more people and do the work that I'm doing. Thank you so much. Go out and have a great weekend. Sophie Catherine for The Change in Narrative. Have a great day.